far better numbers than everybody else. So how often do people win it back to back? Or how often have they in the past? Because his his odds Can I think of any? His he's has the second lowest odds and I'm like Second lowest odds to win it? Yeah. Well, I feel like maybe Randy Johnson might have won it twice in the time that I've been alive, maybe. Um What about our very own uh UNLV pitching coach here? Greg. Greg definitely I'm pretty sure Greg has won it twice in a row. How cool is that? It's insane. Out there. Watching him walk out to the mine to the mound to the mine. To the mound is crazy. It's insane. I haven't had the opportunity to interview him yet. Uh but Coach Stolte, um, yeah, I'm sure if I wanted to interview Coach Maddox, it would be no problem. But I I mean, seeing him in the dugout is definitely a, a, a treat. Well, he's so down to earth. Like I was doing the on field MC out mm-hmm. there. We were doing the dizzy bat race and one time he was just like uh uh-uh. uh, if they're not drunk this time, get them out of here. We need some real entertainment. <laughs> and we I was like, did that it. just come That's from? Right. <laughs> hey, I mean, yeah. it, it is Vegas. We're we're playing the game, so at least we want to we want to be entertained, right. please. Right. Okay. Uh, where are we going next, guys? I don't is know. Is it where hockey time? Well, I did want to say is it hockey time because I saw on You've fanatics that the You've been on fire. Phillies jersey. Bryce Harper's Philly jersey is the number one selling jersey of all time in any sport for any player during the first twenty hours of a long, twenty four hours of a launch. Is that wild? I did. Do you see know that. what that means, though? Do you know what that means? I'm so excited, probably because I don't have cl- my two thirty class today. But I'm so excited because that's a testament to Philly. You mean as like a sports town? As just a city. Yeah. Yeah, a city. Philly gets behind Philly. There's, yeah, they do. Without question, Philly gets behind Philly. Uh, but you said the fanatics. You said um, you said because I thought you were about to say Philly fanatic. But when you brought up Bryce's jersey, I've already done two shout outs since we started this show back. Um, but Roy Holiday, I was really really serious about this. Roy Holiday, I really look at as one of the goats. I do. As far as the Mount Rushmore of pitchers that I've probably seen. Yeah, I think he's up there. You you hurl a, a postseason no hitter in a same season that you had already thrown a regular season no hitter. Yeah, you're you're up there. So to hear what Bryce did is absolutely insane. That was you want, awesome. you want to go ahead and yeah. let the fans know for anybody who doesn't know. So Bryce um, decided to wear number three in Philly because he said that Roy Holiday should be the last one to wear thirty four. I that's thought that insane. was I thought that was yeah, really cool that's too. In, that's a testament to who Bryce is. I'm actually person. glad you brought us back on this topic because I do want to talk about his first press conference. It's not called the huh. what is it? The introductory welcome. conference. Thank oh you. my! Okay, but wait, are you going to bag on him? Hold on, don't go there I yet. I think I am. Okay, about you the thing are. That you're probably about I to was too, interested though. to see what you guys saw and how he got made it to Philly after all of our podcast talks. Mm-hmm. So you know, because oh. was a lot of people saying like, oh, he was Harper was talking to Trout a lot. Oh, he recruited oh Trout. Don't do that. He recruited Trout in his so. his speech. That was awesome. No, I'm just talking about right. Never mind. Do you know what he said though? He said, "I know there's another guy in about two years that comes <clears throat> up off the books. We'll see what happens then." <clears throat> what? That's I didn't say recruited. anything. You're mad because it's angels. Okay. Yeah. It can is. we? Yeah. Y'all are so yeah. disrespectful. Okay. Right now. Let me get this out really quick. Tampering. Tampering. <laughs> Tampering. <laughs> We're getting fine. Tampering. Um, 
Sorry, I lost my train of thought. Yeah, because I was about to shout out Dave and be like, Dave, I hope you're listening to the show, uh, Tampering. (laughs) Please find them. You You got me distracted. I wanted to give a shout out to the media because I think that they did a great job. I saw a ton of things saying like the best points that came out of his his speech. But I mean, of course, there were the ones that put him on blast since he totally said D.C., that's mm-hmm. where I was going. That was just funny. That was I mean, funny. It's, it's an honest mistake. And who's going to blame him and be like, oh, you said D.C.? It's like, Doug, come on now. Yeah, I've you only never known know, baseball though, with the media. in D.C. You never know. So it yeah. was just like, relax, calm down. I'm obviously, I just signed for 13 years. You're going to say I don't love Philly? Somewhere down the line, I have to love it. Like, come on, man. Yeah, we're in this for life. At this point. <laughs> so <laughs> like, you unless think- you just, unless you. Sorry, really quick, going back to that. I saw Allen Iverson tweet that. Bryce Harper's number will be retired from the Phillies, number three. Mm-hmm. So he's just given out all of that. He's given that energy. Recognition okay. and everything to That's me. another this, out really there. Dope. You guys, this is my talk nerdy to me segment, okay. actually. Let's do it. Because there are some great um, tweets that went to Bryce from other professional athletes. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I want people to tweet me, hashtag talk nerdy to me, and say what you thought was the best one. I have two really good ones. I don't know if you guys saw them. Um, Shane Victorino's tweet. I like that one to Bryce. I'm going to have to find it. I really liked Alan Iverson's because his he hashtagged, I'll have it first, so dope, Bryce fan. Number three. Oh, yeah. And he put a picture of his uh, jersey out there, so I thought that was pretty dope. Tobias. Tobias Harris. His Tobias. we gotta find out. Oh, I say Tobias has a tweet has a tweet yes. out to oh. Oh, it was You know what's so funny too? People have to um mention in Tobias because you mentioned uh the tweet to Philadelphia. People have to realize that players may not know, like in some situations like DeMar DeRose and the Blake Griffin situation, we understand, but they tried to make a correlation because Blake Griffin had tweeted out Will Smith the shocked face after he had got traded to Detroit. Yeah. Tobias Harris tweeted out um tweeted out uh Will Smith like that beginning intro for the show where he was dribbling the basketball in the black uh t-shirt on the black top to with his head turned looking at the camera and he tweeted that out on his story and that's just I think this I think the intro was playing the song was everybody tried to make that correlation like oh, oh like they they uh the Will Smith like Will Smith cursed the Clippers da 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 Blake's was understandable. Blake was really shocked about it. Tobias had knew at that point. It was a trade that had went down in the middle of the night. So I'm pretty sure at practice that day, they were kind of like, hey, this is what we're working on, whatever, whatever. That's probably, he was probably was like, Philly? Okay, I can I can get with that. And he got to go with his boy so they can saying. keep making their videos. It was like, Bobon's on with me? I'm with it. That's what <laughs> his tweet actually was. It said, um, hold on, I'm going to find it for you right now. Bryce is going to get all types of love in Philly. Oh, I'm sure. That's an amazing. Um, I think I think sports. he just called it Bracy. He said like <laughs> there are two names and Bracy question mark. So yeah, oh, wow. I want to find That's more funny. good ones. That's I, a, and I've heard people and at USA Basketball practice. I didn't say anything to Tobias either. Like I just you know what I mean I tried to hit whoever I could talk to at the moment. But um, anybody who's spoken with him has said that is the nicest guy. Like nicest guy in the world. And the most fun. He likes it fun. Yeah, like he's, I think it's one of those things right? too. Like he's yeah, like you said, he's goofy. So like he's fun to be around. Yeah. I think that's the main. You talking about Harper? Um, Tobias Harris. Oh, Tobias Harris. His tweet was Bobby, Toby, and Brycey. Yes. With that little pondering. 
face. You got to think about it. You got to, but you got it. That's Whoa. his way of extending the branch. Like you, you, you coming on? Yeah. You coming on to the shit? It's, it's fun. Leave it to the NBA players. And NBC Sports Philadelphia replied, they're the be- they're the three best friends that anybody could ever have. Yes. Oh, that's, good. <laughs> that's a good one. That's a good one. See, this Imagine, is the positive about social media. Yeah, this- absolutely. Imagine batting practice. Imagine br- they show up and they're like, Bryce, you going to show us something? And then Bryce gets in there, gets the hacking. Can you imagine Bovon taking hacks? This is probably going to happen. That's so going to happen. I'm that's putting that awesome. energy out there. Bovon got to take batting practice hacks. He has to. Yes. We have to. We have to get that on film. Now I'm sure somebody's going to get that. <laughs> I'm sure somebody's going to get that. You you can't let him step into the batter's box and nobody pulls out their phone. Right. That's crazy. Definitely not. Um. Any more baseball news? Uh, baseball, baseball, baseball. So wait, baseball. you didn't. You didn't oh, comment I about do. the I have trout to thing. About something. You were just about the trout one. Um. You that you do think that was tampering um directly <laughs> to trout nah i mean i'm pretty sure or about it was. him i'm pretty sure it was but at the same time too he, i guess his window is but no he says everybody talks about it, so i mean we kind of know but um again like i said the angels we just have to do more to prove that i, I don't think that i think the city has sold him he understands where he's at he understands the significance of where he's at he wants to win like he doesn't want to be known as possibly the best g- baseball player of this generation, and not have anything to show for. Definitely. Not even a playoff run, like not even a World Series berth. We got to do more on the field, plain and simple. There's no, there's no other way to to say it. I know it's gonna seem like I'm kicking somebody when they're down, but according to the reports, he walked away. So if he walked away, I'm I'm gonna let it fly. But um, Mike Sosha, he should have been out as manager i said that when i was in high school and i went to high school from 2008 to 2012 so let that speak for what it speaks for this is our first season where we're going to have somebody else we got brad osmus um and i have respect for what he's done for the game of baseball as a world series winner in uh in la with the dodgers um yeah i just what no there was too many times that we had potentially the best team on paper you could definitely argue best team in the al that you know what when remember how you mentioned Kansas City when Kansas City made their run right. i remember when we played them in the uh postseason in that game one cj wilson i don't even think he got i think he maybe he had got one out and they think they scored five runs in the first inning and it was one of those things i was like okay cj just don't got it today yeah and then the rest of the game i was like okay this is just one of those games we got to shake it off I, they they're not supposed to have home field anyway whatever whatever and then sure enough, the series played out, and I was like, is Casey this good, or are we that bad? Remember what you said during the podcast? You were like, what happened to Casey? They just kind of dropped off? Yeah. So I have my answer. We're that bad. The Angels need some fire. Like, they all kind of seem very nonchalant. It must be I that California know. weather. <laughs> I don't they, know. They're just chilling. It's the most frustrating thing in the world. Just, I agree. I would love for... Uh, the angels to be I, good again they're so close to us we can go to those games can we is showtime back yet i thought last year was the year when they were like oh we got i think he got cleared Otani. to hit i don't think he got cleared to pitch it he's not gonna pitch to probably mid-season okay so i don't know if that is gonna stand but we'll see you think he's uh as great as everyone projected at first i wasn't sure i wasn't like I, i'm not gonna lie this is the whole thing it's not even buyer's remorse because I'm super happy with what I have. I'm not even sure what the turn would be, 
because I was super high on him, like as a prospect. When the Dodgers were possibly about to get him, when the when the Red Sox were about to uh, possibly get him, when the Rangers were kind of in there, I was like, "Oh man, this person's gonna come in and change the game." He does both, whatever, whatever. When the Angels got him, I backed up off it. I was like, "I still think he's gonna be really good," but I looked at my dad and was like, "We don't win." Aww. Like, so I was like, "I don't want him to come over as a prospect. Something happens early and we ruin him." That's why I was like. I'm just gonna chill because he has potential. Did you to put be that energy dangerous. out there? No, because he's okay. no, because he's amazing. Okay, he's amazing. Even with the injury, you see how Tommy John. Yeah. Okay. So that's why they shut him down eventually because even when they were discussing Tommy John, he was still DHing for us. Yeah. And he was still yeah. doing work. So that's why it was one of those things where I was. I told my dad, I was like, "Oh yeah, he's special. Like he definitely he's, he's is. special. He's different. Definitely." Yeah. Shout out to Hanley Ramirez, who took a year off from baseball as well and is back with a minor league contract with um, the Cleveland Indians. Shout out. So that means the left side of that infield. What is that? So it depends on which way you're looking at it. But from the press box, it would be the left side of that infield would be Hanley Ramirez, and you know how I feel about Francisco Lindor. Yep. Nothing's getting through that side. Yep. Unless they put him at first, but whatever. Speaking of athletes coming back after taking a year off, Mm -hmm. how do we feel about Jason Witten? Oh, I asked a couple friends of mine who, um, <laughs> my friend is a huge Dallas fan from New York, but like loves the Dallas what? Cowboys. I know. Never mind. It's so, I'm, I'm not going to say I'm weird. Homie, I know. I know. Well, who but do you I, want her to root for in New York? Him. I was, obviously I don't like New York. I mean, not, okay. I don't, not, not like, I'm just a. Against the Bills and Jets and everything. We Rivals. know. We know. Okay. She's she's a Patriots fan, everyone. We understand. We understand. Who's going right. so to... I thought the most football with you so until friend, August. We're going we're gonna to go back and forth because yesterday, I believe, to the day was the day we won the Super Bowl. <clears throat> anyway, it's a month anniversary. Thanks, Dust. Um, my did you just do a month friend, anniversary? Yeah, she did. Hey, the she ESPN did. put that out right in the middle of the com- everything ESPN combine. <laughs> I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's like let's ESPN. let's bust open these patriots m&ms yeah, I know. for the one month anniversary <laughs> and shout out to my sister you need to come pick up your football m&ms that i made for her i was about to say those m&ms are, They're I'm gonna about to get those are dope i, like, I tried are. to hate on them those are really sick those are dope <laughs> okay so my friend nick ola is a huge cowboys fan and i messaged him right when i saw it and he's like i would love it he's a great leader he's great at football so it makes sense for us right now i was like i still Still, like we've had this talk before, because when you take time off and then you come back into the mm-hmm. league, uh, the potential for injury is pretty substantial. Taking that much time off, I mean, and he was like retired, right? So like he was—you don't think that he was just sitting out there preparing he had, himself? He had Monday right? night football, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did, and I think that just—he got—he had Monday night football because he—because he's a professional. That's what I think. But as far as retirement, I t- it's one of those things where when you watch him play. Yeah. It was one of those things where it was like, it's not like you were telling him, oh, man, you got to go sit down. Like, it was one of those things where, which I find myself, I didn't watch again last year, but when I watch Antonio Gates sometimes, I'm like, I don't want to remember you this way. Like, you are a GOAT at, 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 the, at that position. Like, you were, you're up there. So when I look at um, Jason Witten, the first thing that I'm going to say, I told my dad when he retired, I'm a little shocked because I feel like he would know when he's going to retire and he would say it beforehand. So just the way that he just kind of up and retired, I was like, 
Yeah, that was. I even a said it then. Odd. I was like, he's coming back. And my dad was like, I don't know. Like, I would love to have him back, whatever, whatever. And then when he took the ESPN thing, I was like, oh, dad, he's really gone. Like, yeah. he told you guys, I'm out. I'm done with football. So when he came back, this is where my second point goes. Now that he's coming back, the one thing that I will say is I've witnessed Jason Witten run down the sideline with a football with no helmet. Unfearful of contact. Yeah, so he was just... Jason Witten's different. But that but that doesn't mean that you, he's taken a year off and he's sitting there training at the level of what he needs to be while he's on He was know, doing a lot of field, uh, do you think? film watching, though. If there's 21 <laughs> people he's, in a field of play with helmets on, and you're the one person without it. Not only are you the one person without it, you're the one person with the one ball. Yeah, he ran about a good 20, 25 yards that Maybe he shouldn't he have. he was ready for rugby. That, that's what I'm saying. So my <laughs> point becomes, who's to say that his workout in the offseason hasn't been crazy? Yeah, who's to say that that not, year off is really a year off? What if his body just healed for a yeah, year? Yeah, that's obviously my uh, not knowledge of his training and what he's been doing in the offseason. I don't off think season. anybody knows but much about what he does in training. Typically, you would think, okay, if he's taking his time with this, mm-hmm. then... Uh, True. And you think in your mentality is, oh, I'm retired, not I'm about to play next season. The- that is true. Mindset, you might have made probably the biggest point. Mindset is kind of everything. But the one thing that I will say is we have to keep in, uh, keep in mind that it's not like these people are retiring and they're at the house on the couch. These people are still interviewing players. These people are still showing up at combines. These right. players are still around it. It's hard to not work out. I'm not going to oh, lie. I, I work I'm at the rec absolutely. center. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm about to say I work at the rec center and I'm not ripped by any means. But anytime life, I'm in yeah. there, I'm like, oh, I'm about to, get, I'm about to go yeah. do something. I mean, even, yeah, once it's part of your lifestyle, it's something that you're most likely going to do. But then the, I, you even see some other plays like, no, I'm enjoying retirement, where they're just like, no. Yeah. I, I feel Romo. great not having to ice myself I look at it, I look at a boxer like Andre Ward. He looks so happy. Andre Ward is loving Wait, life I do right have now. a question with it. What's up? So with his return, does that make him the best tight end on the roster? When on the roster back, currently? On the roster. Does yeah, that put probably. him as still? Even I though think, he's been... Uh, yeah. Cause that's what I do. I don't. You know what? Like I said, because like I said, because of my, the second point that I made, because of the these eyeballs and what I've seen yeah. him do, and the way that he fights. Like I said, but he's, he's not going to be been, like a blocking tight end. That no, that's well, not solely blocking. But I mean, Jason Witten has always been one of those to where third down you need him, uh, mm-hmm. and, and even that play that I was I was explaining to you, one of the longest plays probably of his career. My dad might hit me with like 10, 10 Jason Witten facts that have shut me up. But <laughs> the what I believe to be one of the longest runs of his career without that helmet, it was like it was a drag route. So it was a drag route. Somebody went to go kind of grab him up top, and he ducked his head, and the helmet slipped off. That was a catch that was technically supposed to be about six yards. He took it for about 46, but he's never been that player. So that's why when everybody's like, oh, he's going to come back, he's going to be washed. What was Jason Witten asked to do before him? Right. He's, he's an excellent blocker. He's an excellent leader. He's an excellent teammate. And he's, yeah. can, he's dependable. As far as so it's being like, a really I mean, great leader, I think they need that. Yeah, and <laughs> especially with the people that they're bringing in and they're trying to – he said that he's trying to make this playoff run – if he feels like they can win it right now, I mean, go for it. But I feel like even if they don't win, it still could be a win. Even if they don't win the Super Bowl, it still could be a win for him because 
having Amari Cooper, if they were able to sign Amari Cooper, um, keep Zeke happy, keep Dak happy, um, figure out whatever's going on with their coaching staff, I think Jason Witten will be there for the beginning stages of that. And possibly when he leaves or maybe doesn't leave, we, we can get into my dad's tip in, he has established a culture. He's helped establish a, a winning culture. So and then it kind currently, of Currently, Blake Jarwin, last year he put up 307 yards, 27 receptions. Right. So do you think he performs, outperforms Jarwin? 307 yards throughout yeah. the whole season? That's what we've got, yeah. I don't want to be rude. Yahoo Sports app. Jason Witten probably does that in before week eight next year. Well, let's say like that's fifty yards he, a game. Okay, but he has never been like super fast. Witten. That's what I'm saying. He can definitely find. You think that many in a game? Fifty yards. Yeah. If they target him that much. You just said that. he was. He was going like for he, short passes, six yeah. yard. How often? How teams He's go? He's really good at teams finding go six for fourteen on third down. If you can depend on Jason Witten for four more of those and your team goes 10 of 14, four more catches on third down, you're not good. It's not like you're going to avoid them on first and second. I can see him getting six catches, 58 yards. I can see something like that. Why not? So this is my that's thing, still, though. Is there really the going to be – are they really going to be, you know, fighting for a position or are they going to utilize them for certain plays where they're better? Yeah, he's so that's what I'm saying. That's a good question. Witten is very good at finding the spots in the defense and the soft yes. spots there and making those open cuts and getting open there. Um, so that's why I'm saying I don't think he's going to be those big yards like T's talking about. Yeah. Fifth is, but that's what my question is. Yeah, but if you're going, yards a game, big yards? Like, I mean, is at that least big yards? If Amari Cooper is giving you 120, Michael Gallup gives you. Six, let, let, let's let's even say fifty. But Michael let's say, you said fit. six at least, right? At least six, six catches. Six catches, right? Yeah. Okay, per game. And what is your average yards on that? Right, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm so saying. his it numbers would be less than a first down per catch. His numbers aren't that no terrible. That six receptions, fifty eight yards, still under ten yards a catch. So if you do a drag route with six yards, what I'm saying is the way that everything balances out. I can see Jason Witten getting thirteen yards here, six yards here. And it, it equating to a six reception, fifty-eight yard game. Do I feel like he's going to be player of the game anytime during the regular season? It's probably hard to argue. I mean, it's probably hard to uh, argue for it and say that he will be because he's not going to be the focal point of that offense. Right. But he will be relied on. Don't get that twisted. Oh yeah, he's I, going to be relied on. That they, is for they're going to sure. try it. That I is think. For sure. I think they definitely utilize him against Chicago when they play. But we'll see. I mean, let's put it out there. And I mean, you made a very good point, and I just don't want to brush by this because you made a very, very good point. Jason Witten might be the best tight end in history. And again, I I, I don't mind going back and look and looking at some <laughs> and looking at some history. But what that I've seen with my eyeballs, averting from or diverting rather from his original route. And finding that hole and that mm-hmm. seam in that defense, you're absolutely right. That's why I said I wanted to go back to that point. I think they utilize him a lot more on third downs, like, and that's where yeah, he's that's so where crucial. he's going to be pivotal, and where they've needed that. I think when he's looking, yeah, when he's looking thinking. at teams that he's that he's played against for the last decade, he's going to be like, oh, okay, they like to do this in these spots. Oh, even if these coaches are moving around, okay, this coach likes to do this. I know this defensive coordinator. Trust me, he's going to run this. Just that. In itself, even if you are unsure as a new player, just from being on sports teams, even if you're unsure as a new player, if a veteran tells you so and so is mm-hmm. not it, yep, you get that confidence. Even if you don't know, 
You said I could take? Oh, yeah, I'm about to draw. Okay, now I know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Oh, he can't Very do what? True. Oh, he's weak in a post? Oh, I'm about to go post him up. So, so have, you hear it and you, it, it juices you. Yeah, just have that veteran leadership to be able to look at the defense and look at the schemes and change things up is going to be great for them. Yes. Um, Your no helmet play, you know what it reminded me of? What? Gordy Howe. I just watched a, a video of him recently because when he decided to go back into the NHL, he played you know, so early on that they didn't wear helmets. <laughs> so he's literally up against like these young kids and he has no helmet. That's crazy. It reminded me of it for sure. Um, and then when we get back, I'm going to stick to hockey because I still have to tell you guys about this. And we still have to find out about the UFC, if Medina got sweat on or not. You're listening to Talk That Talk on 91.5 KUNV, the Rebel HD2. Rebfest is back and is bigger than ever. Tuesday, March 12th, experience a music festival UNLV style. Featuring Harvey Listen, Haley Amano, Britney Souls, and 15 other performances across two stages. Tuesday, March 12th, at the UNLV Student Union. Open to all, sponsored by UNLV Summer Term, Nevada Donor Network, Con Am, and the voice of UNLV, 91.5, The Rebel HD2. Finding resources for you or a loved one who is elderly, has a disability, or has special health care needs can be difficult. But Nevada Care Connection is here to help. We can provide free, one-on-one assistance that you've been looking for. Simply visit NevadaCareConnection.org or call us at 211 and we will walk you through all of your options. Nevada Care Connection creates free, customized plans and can connect you to care and support services such as home-based care, community services, financial support, and end-of-life planning. Call, connect, make a plan. Nevada Care Connection. Call 211 or visit nevadacareconnection.org to get the one-on-one help you need. This message sponsored by Nevada Care Connection aired in cooperation with the Nevada Broadcasters Association and this station. Nevada Care Connection. How Nevadans find care and support services. Hi, I'm Deborah March, Mayor of Henderson. As your mayor, I care about the well-being of our community. In recent times, we've endured tragic losses. Individuals who suffered from bullying and depression sadly turned to suicide, and others with severe mental health issues have resorted to violence. It's my goal to make sure that you always feel safe and informed. Therefore, I'm pleased to announce the City of Henderson's new See Something, Say Something, Do Something campaign which offers citizens a means of identifying and reporting suspicious or dangerous activities. If you see something you know should not be there, or if something doesn't seem quite right, say something, do something. By reporting concerning or suspicious activity, you help to keep our community safe. For specific tools, log on to cityofhenderson.com slash something. This message, sponsored by the City of Henderson, aired in cooperation with the Nevada Broadcasters Association and this station. Hey David, what's going on? Not much, just problems with my girlfriend. Oh, what kind of problems? Well, we've been together for a while now and I want to have sex with her, but she doesn't want to. Oh man, that's pretty complicated. Tell me about it. Maybe you shouldn't even go there. What do you mean? Why not? You know, my mom had me real young. 
too young. Well, having such a young mom and not knowing my dad isn't cool. My mom's always having money problems because she was raising me and didn't even finish high school. That's tough. I couldn't face any of those things. Plus, in health class, we've started learning about diseases you can get from sex, and that's something I don't want to have to deal with. More people have them than you think. There are some that can't be cured. You have them for the rest of your life. I didn't know that. Having sex is complicated, not worth the hassle. Yeah, exactly. Abstinence from sexual activity is the only 100% way to avoid unplanned pregnancy and sexually transmitted infections. For more info, call 775-684-4285. Sponsored by the Nevada State Health Division and aired in cooperation with the Nevada Broadcasters Association and this station. Nevada Health is back for another season on 91.5. This round of shows, we'll be talking to regional and national experts about the health topics that most impact you and your family. The mental health fallout of the Route 91 shooting, medical tests you should take and those you should avoid, how the Valley is preparing for a disaster and what you can do to be ready, and much more. Join us Sundays at 6 a.m. and in podcast form on iTunes. Sponsored by Senior Health Plan Consultants, Advanced Spine and Posture, and Anthem Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Nevada. We're finally alone, baby. Yeah, what do you want to do? We could finally be together. I know, but I've told you I'm not ready to have sex. I thought you loved me. I do love you, but if you really loved me, you wouldn't be pressuring me into something I don't want to do yet. I don't want to get a disease or get you pregnant. Have you even thought about that? You don't trust me? This isn't about trust. It's about me. I want to finish school, go to college, have a career, and reach my goals. I'm not going to let a disease or a pregnancy get in the way of my dreams. And I want the same for you, because I love you. I'm choosing to wait. And if you really love me, you'll respect that. I'm sorry, you're right, I've been selfish. Every five seconds, someone gets an STI. Five teens get infected by the HIV virus. Every day, I'm not willing to risk that. You're right, we'll wait. Let's catch a movie. Both partners are responsible for their decisions. Discuss your decision to practice abstinence. It's the only 100% way to avoid unplanned pregnancy and sexually transmitted infections. Call 775-684-4285. Sponsored by the Nevada State Health Division. Aired in cooperation with the Nevada Broadcasters Association and this station. We will not be an easy target. We will never roll over and let pain plan our day or let an ache tell us what we can and cannot do. We will not linger on the sofa, ask somebody else to bring us the mail or take the parking space closest to the door. But what we will do is take action. We will plan ahead. We will protect our bodies and fight back by moving. Lace up our sneakers and grab our tennis rackets. We will bowl. We will do our morning laps and bike ride through Saturday afternoon. We will walk our dogs around the block. We will pass up the elevator and proudly take the stairs. Because arthritis can't beat us if we beat it first. In the fight against arthritis, you need a weapon. What's yours? To learn more, visit us at fightarthritispain.org. This message brought to you by the Arthritis Foundation and the Ad Council. Thanks for sticking around. We still have another half an hour of Talk That Talk on 91.5 KUNV, The Rebel HD2. I'm Alex White. Follow me on Twitter at Alex White with two E's. My co-host, Chatterbox, you're going to have to do your own handle because... At Sir underscore Chatterbox. That is C-H-A-T-T-E-R-B-O-X. And then, Medina, do you have Twitter? Yeah, everything's Medina Rose. Everything's Medina Rose. The R-O is capitalized. Does that matter? Does it? It does. The R-O is capitalized. And mine? Yes, in Rose. I didn't know that. Well, there you go. There you go. So (laughs) the M is capitalized, the R, and the O is capitalized. Um, And again, you already said it once, but on Twitter, 
at Talk That Talk LV on Instagram at Talk That Talk Radio Show, Facebook Talk That Talk Radio Show. Like, uh, what do we have? Actually, we have our um our SoundCloud as well, Talk That Talk Radio Show. Like, subscribe, comment, love, send links. Um, I mean, click links, share links. Yeah. Send us your own links all too. Sure, stuff. all of that, all of that good stuff. But one thing I do want to touch on really quick, my uh, dad. Uh, his tip in is about Jason Witten. So as opposed to saving it, let's just get to it now. Um, all right. So let's see. Wait, so your dad is a diehard cowboy fan? Yes. Okay. Yes. So he said, let me see. Wait, I have something for your dad really quick. And then you yep. can do What's this. Uh, breaking news from my friend, Nicola, who's a big Cowboys fan too. So that they just franchise tagged Demarcus Lawrence. Dallas mm. Cowboys just franchise tagged him. Mm. So we'll get your dad's thoughts on the podcast. I want to call him live now that we figured out the ox thing. I think I want to call him live. Okay. Right, no. We'll see what's up. Okay. I think I want to call him live. We'll, we'll do that. Yeah. Yeah. I was say we'll see how that work on the podcast. But he actually texted me this morning and said, let's see what he said. He said, don't let it fool you. Witten is not a quick fix for the tight end situation. Witten is there to set to set in place as a domino when they fall later. He's already, um, yeah, he's already been a position player. He, and now as a player, he's trying to basically transition from a player to now a mentor and eventually to a coach mm-hmm. to become head coach or offensive coordinator if Garrett fails to get it done. If my plans are right, he believes Chris Richard, the defensive back coach from Seattle, will end up being their head coach and Jason Whitten will be their offensive coordinator. My friend Nicola also said he's going to be on the coaching staff and something similar too. So I think – Cowboys Nation are right on par with each other. Oh, yeah. And they usually stick together. Even yeah. when they're wrong, they're together. <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, that's Boom! Oh, I know you felt Boom. it. Oh, that was a <laughs> good one. That was good. That I was like, felt good. I really like how a, I went from mentor. Bars. Oh, that was such a bar. That was such a bar. <laughs> I'll play my drop if I wasn't sure that there wasn't any curse words in it. <laughs> yeah, let's save that for the podcast. Yeah, let's save that for the podcast. We're gonna no, chill. but I like that from your dad because that's very true. You guys said it. He's a great leader. That mm-hmm. he'll be a mentor. You said he teaches the young guys right mm-hmm. about the defenses and whatnot mm-hmm. teaches them with, with teams like the do um so that could have solved our like 20 minute debate back and forth with each other <laughs> about it's good that we had it though yeah it was, it was good. good conversation okay so i can't wait to talk about the ufc are you oh, ready yeah. medina how was it we're ready it was it was great, and unfortunately, I didn't get to do one-on-one interviews with everyone because the fights didn't go the way we had hoped for, necessarily, um, but I am looking into trying to get an interview with Cody Garbrandt at some point, even just through FaceTime. I'm really good friends with one of, um, with actually his wife's twin sister. Shout out to Lena. No love um, is nice. No love is yeah, really, really dope. Yeah, he seems like a great guy, and their family is amazing. There's so Genuine much about guy. family. Wait, I didn't love. know Lena had a twin. Yeah, Danny. They worked at WET, and um, so Lena's at Excess now, and she's always back there at home. Okay, family. Sorry, side note. I took a boxing class at True Fusion, which is like a cardi- cardio box, right? Uh-huh. So it's not that serious. But she it's was in, yeah. I but it's fun yeah. too. Yeah. Still a workout. 
I mean, most of us are just like throwing our arms around, you know, <laughs> but not Lena. Oh, uh, Lena's a boss and she does Muay Thai. Yeah. Um, she's from Thailand. She does. Oh, look at who Chatterbox. she's married to. It was like, no, her sister is married to Lena's oh. sister. Danny is married to Cody Garbrandt. So who are you saying that was in the boxing class? Lena. Lena's in a but boxing class. But actually Danny, uh, her okay. sister is training for a bodybuilding show. Oh, wow. Something. She's I just had a baby. Uh, baby's a year and in, in like a week or so and she's yeah she's amazing they're but they're incredible family Lena, athletes when in vegas we do these fight nights out here industry fights and lena kind of helps facilitate that and tries to get everyone hyped up for it and this year they were asking lena to try to fight and i was like that is the a one person i would not i, I don't think anyone wants to fight this girl we're and trying she's to get, like five one She's yeah, she's pretty short. She's too. pretty tiny, she, but she was fierce. Those are the ones. She is amazing. Those are the and, um, ones. We're trying to get her on Titan Games. So the Rock, if you're listening, get get this girl on there. The Rock's Titan Games. That'd game. be it. No, no, I'm I'm listening. I'm just Dwayne the Rock Johnson is uh, listening to our radio show. That'd be lit. Yeah, yeah we're, <laughs> who's he, to he say? He responds to people so much, so she'll keep tagging. We t- we tag each other mm-hmm. as much as we can in those things. So it's like we're trying to get. Her. She would be really good on it. Um, if you guys, oh, but I say podcast. Look her up on Instagram. She'll be Lena good on the podcast for sure too. Yeah. Give, her, give her another yeah. shout out. It's Lena Pimsquan. I don't know if there's an underscore on there. Go on Cody No Loves, um, can Instagram, she, and you can find her through there. Can she take us to some? boxing gyms and oh yeah i was actually trying to get into it it. it, but like i said after my car accident and injuries i'm kind of hell-bent on trying to get healthy again and right um at least train and do some hit workouts with her and stuff but yeah she would definitely get in some boxing stuff i've she she's all into everything so um, maybe next let's week. do it. Let's slow. We'll get you slowly back into it. I was about yeah. to say, yeah, it's a, it's a slow progression. It's a slow build, but I'm I'm down to low key do it. With well, you box you? here at yeah. our UNLV one, don't you? At TJ, I haven't done it yet because again, as much as I've been doing, every time I see TJ, I'm like, bro, like how do I got to figure it out? And the last time I talked to him, he was like, yeah, man, get the gloves, come on, and we can we can get the working. So I'm like, all right, cool, I'm with it. Um, so Lena, we want to go boxing with you, um, and get into a gym, please. <laughs> um, okay. So now wait, Dina. I was about to say really quick. My dad answered your question. My dad texted me and said, I saw that franchise dot, dot, dot. Don't like it. No, Plain it's just pretty dry. Mm. He doesn't like it. So, I mean, we'll you, more. you see how franchise tags can go either way. Um, I mean, I'm sure my dad would have wanted to get him taken care of, but I'm well, sure they're looking at the offensive threats that they're going to have to pay. Yeah. You retweeted something from, I think, from our ODP. I was about to say, Twitter. my Twitter is crazy. And I was about to say, what did It I was about Nick Foles because he is not getting the, the franchise. franchise tag. Oh, yeah. Right? No, we're not going on that. Nick okay. Foles is going on the podcast because we got to talk about UFC. UFC. So, oh, yeah. UFC 235, mm-hmm. uh, two title fights. Uh, Welter Waite was for Woodley versus Usman. And Woodley, that was his fifth title defense, mm-hmm. and Usman ended up taking the belt from him, which I don't know if you guys watched any of it. It was a stellar performance from Usman. It was five rounds. He went the distance with him and ended up unanimous decision, 50-44, 50-44, 50-45 in Usman's favor. Um, he just looked like he did not gas out at any point in time during this and the whole time it was you're watching and you're watching and Woodley is such a stand-up fighter too and so good and he's so tanky all around yeah and the whole time you can see him like 
I'm not going to say, because I know, I mean, I met his trainer and stuff too. And I, I asked him the night before, <clears> is he ready? <throat> and of course, that's not the thing you ask the trainer, but like, right. I'm going to ask him. And he's like, oh yeah, we've been ready for 10 years. Da, da, da. Of course, he's going to give that confidence out. And as I watched some of the interviews with Usman and Woodley, I was like, I feel like he's going to underestimate this guy. He's coming from Nigeria, nothing to lose. Who was favored? Woodley. Okay. Usman was by a underdog by a lot, and we want to look up the odds on it. Yeah. By a lot, and the guy next to me was like, "Oh yeah, I, I bet on Usman." I was like, "Oh well, I'm going for Woodley, so I'm, you know, I'm sorry, I'm going to be cheering against <laughs> you." But he's like, "Oh no, I'm only bet like thirty bucks or something." So. Mm -hmm. That fight was just insane right now. So Usman now is a belt holder. He is has a record of 15-1 welterweight champion. And very, very well deserved if you can look at it. Um, like I said, I didn't. I don't want to say that I think Woodley wasn't prepared and didn't really. Right. He wasn't. He didn't underestimate him entirely. So, but I think he, he underestimated his n mental will and right. also really what he was going to come in and do. And I think this... I, I, as a media guy, I like to just ask questions. So now I'm gonna pose a question to you, because I remember Dana White went off on it went off publicly. I'm not sure if he went off to him about it, but his whole thing was, I don't like the performance. You uh, won, yeah. It was I forgot which fight it was, but it was a fight where he didn't feel like Woodley was pressing. He, right, and he was like, "That's not what the fans are here for. He the fans want to see with, his with the performance. Performance, exactly. He was like, and it's one of those things where if you could have finished it, mm -hmm. finish it. He right. said the same thing about Anderson Silva before. He never questioned his performance, but he was just like, if you could finish it, finish it. So now that you have the the question about this fight, of you have the question of was he prepared? Did you underestimate this person? Well, Dana coupling might, that with Dana, oh, I was say because yeah, cause coupling that with Dana, he had pointed out that Usman said, "What are you gonna do?" Or Woodley said to Usman, "What are you gonna do? Tell me what you're gonna do. Tell me how you're gonna defeat me." And Usman went in and he he basically said everything. And he's and Woodley was saying, you know, yeah, people who've tried to take me to the ground or people who've tried to do this have gotten, mm -hmm. you know, back backlash for it, and he or were punished for it. But every time Usman came at him. There, there was no punishment back from Woodley. And he, anything, every opportunity, whether they're against the ring or against the fence, Usman is stomping his feet. He's body shots, body shots. Like his. A couple Woodley's, of those body shots, I was like. Pound after Yo, pound after bro. pound for at least like 10, a good 10 seconds, 20 seconds, just sitting there. He, but what I do like about Woodley there is he was still poised and he, you could see him breathing it through. Mm -hmm. But I'm like, this guy is drilling his body like. It was, it, it was a new experience it, for him, for sure. It was one of those after, where he was like, okay. After Usman said that he wasn't even 100%, like he, he was in a boot all week. Because his foot had been shattered or something. And so he was fighting off injuries and he's still trying to get better. But he knows that he has to fight through it, train through it to get to where he wants to be. And so he now, you know, he's going to have to start taking some other fights too and not get this time off to recover completely. He's going to be, I, I, it's just tremendous to that's see. That's scary if he wasn't 100%. If he wasn't even 100%. That, and that's to me was I was like, yo, I didn't even know. I had no idea because... Him, but he fought tremendously well um to answer your question he was plus 140 and that's probably the last time you're gonna get him as an underdog right at right. this point at this point yeah. when you 
Yeah. I mean, I guess it was unanimous. It went to decision. You didn't necessarily get a knockout or anything like that. But against Woodley, his performance against Woodley just makes him. And Woodley was actually with the in estimation the too. Yeah, Woodley was actually in the talks for being one of the greatest of all time. And so this goes into there's definitely especially if you be, retire with that belt. Right. And there's definitely going to be but oh, the way Dane um I'm sorry, Joe Rogan at the end was talking to Woodley and he's like, "Oh, thanks for all your fights. Thanks for all your It almost seemed like he was like Leaving. this guy's going out of retire in retirement. Maybe not retirement, like, but you n- already made the statement about Dana. Right. Well, I'm, I'm not saying that he and again, I'm I would and again, like I said, it's so crazy because I would never say that any of these fighters through a fight because mm-hmm. you're fighting. It's a little bit different. So maybe a lot of bit different. So it's not like you're just throwing a game. Like it's not like it's just you're missing your free throws or whatever the case may be. You shank a field goal. It's, it's I don't think it's necessarily like that. But after what he publicly said and after Tyron said what he said. It don't look like Tyron want to be in the UFC anyway. Yeah, but before that, he wanted what his goal and what he was saying was that he wanted to be the greatest welterweight of all time. So I don't think you can give up on your record of 19 and four and one no contest and then say, oh, I'm just I'm done. I wanted to be the greatest of all time. And then you lose the belt and you're done that way. Like, are you, you still don't chase. Your I have goals to that make way? another I have to make another comparison. What happened with Mighty Mouse? Yeah, I mean, Demetrius And again, Johnson we talked awesome. about Demetrius Johnson, and I love Demetrius Johnson. My dad's pound for pound greatest of all time. But I looked at that last Henry Cejudo fight, and that's not the meat that I know. Yeah. And you, I was like, it don't look like you're interested. You don't look into it. You just don't look here. And I've never seen him like that. Mm-hmm. So when they, when he won the fight, I mean, because. And it's going to sound like I'm hating on Henry, but I don't know if Henry necessarily won that fight. More so as Demetrius didn't look like he even wanted to be in it. Okay, but Demetrius also fought in his record, and it was 27-3. That's, that's what I'm saying. That's why when I seen that performance, I was like, it's not like you got in there and got whooped. Right. He got in there, and you just looked disinterested. It looked like he was just like kind of going through the motions. So that's why, of course, it went to a decision, because it's not like he got beat up. That's not the case. Mm-hmm. It's just he was looking at it kind of like, man... I don't want to be in this contract that anyway. That is so scary at this point. for a fighter to be going through the motions. That super super scary. That but is... at the same time too, we talk about people that do this in their sleep. Right. Yeah. So even going through the motions for them is that's true. A knockout in fifteen seconds in a street fight. That's so true. talking about knockouts. It's insane. Munoz and Garbrandt. Um, yes, Cody. Shout out to Cody. I'm going to continue yes. to shout out to Cody. Cody is a fan's dream. He's amazing. Cody is a fan's dream. Here's Regardless of what he says to the opponent, when you meet Cody and then you see the performance that he gives you in the cage. And and that's what Dana him. did say a lot, too, is that, you know, one of the reporters that asked him what's wrong with Cody, because Cody did. This is his third loss in a row. Mm-hmm. His record right now is 11 and three. Mm-hmm. Uh, Munoz knocked him out in the first round. There was seconds left in the round. And I was just like, they were slugging. I. In my, I'm like, Cody, space, give it space. Because I personally 100% feel that if he would have came back into that round the next time, would have had him. Would have had Munoz. Cody had him a couple of, they Cody, both Cody had, had a couple other. of, they both had each other. That's why, that's what I'm saying. For Cody, you love it to an extent. But this is exactly it's what It's like, I love the fact that he's so young, though. That's why I'm kind of like, get in there, slug it out. I understand it. But as you get older in your career, and that's Cody, where, Cody can wrestle. 
I've talked to a couple people who are pretty big in fighting and stuff afterwards, but Munoz said it in the ring after when his hand was raised, and he said, Cody is an emotional fighter. And bar none, if that if that's three knockouts in a row, if you're that's what you're looking at and you don't tell yourself at some point, I need to stick to the game plan. Right. I need to, you know, whatever their game plan was or whatever it is, if you get dazed one or two times and you're there, you need to take a step back and try to reassess, reassess and, and give yourself time. It's the first round. You got two more. It's, yeah. You got a lot of fight yeah. left. And Dana had even said that, like, well, the reporter had asked him, what's wrong with Cody? And he just said, what's wrong with Cody is that he's a he's tremendous emotional. fighter. Yeah, but, he's yeah, he's emotional. just – and he's so much fun to watch. And At, he's so – Great, Bob. Great. Easy. Yeah. You it's, know what's funny? They won fight of the night. The first fight – of course they did. The first fight that my dad watched of Cody, because I had already met him and everything, I told my dad, I was like – Dad, go watch this fight because he was already going to watch Ronda and uh, Amanda Nunes. Mm -hmm. I said, Dad, pay attention to, to the co-main event. And he was like, what? And I was like, Dominic Cruz and Cody Garbrandt. I said, pay close attention. Cody's and he was like, stunner. what? I said, because the way that Dominic keeps telling him that he's an emotional fighter, I said, he's going to come out and kind of give him that. Mm -hmm. I said, and then Cody's going to scale it back. And it's going to confuse Dom. So yeah. that fight showed me he can do it. He can. He can do it. But here's the thing. Cody doesn't have the chin, and this is no, no disrespect to him with that, but he doesn't have the chin to not protect it. You know what I mean? Like To not protect can, it at all. I get what he you needs mean. to protect it. He Because they when they were slugging it out that last minute or so, he they were trading blows, and you can see where he just gets dazed and he's back out, and it's like, put your hand up. You got this. Right, right. Um, and you know what's kind of interesting, too? It's kind of like, because now I kind of have a question about it. Um, how many hard hitting welterweights are there though? Um, like super hard hitting, because that's because it because there's not too many names you're gonna name before you get to him. That's mm -hmm. what I'm saying. Before so you that's get why to he kind of feels like he can go in there um, and kind of do it with it. Welter, right? No, Bantam. Bantam. They're in Bantam. I'm in Welter. I'm thinking yeah. about Tyron Woodley. How many um heavy hitters are in the Bantam weight? Like I don't see too many. T.J. Dillashaw. TJ. I mean, that's, TJ. I think, and at the end of the day, that's going to be the toughest uh, matchup for him? For anyone in that oh. division, obviously. I, I was about to say, that's a tough matchup for Cody because Cody's too close to that matchup. Yeah, but he also, knows that part. When we talk about emotion, that's why I said it's not a good matchup for Cody. Right, no. He's just far too close to it. Right. Far too close. Um, to one other one I did want to get into because, you know, there's John Jones versus Smith, and Jones won that. That also went to a decision. But um, he, there was a couple shots there, and people are kind of being scrutinizing him and criticizing him oh. for. There was a, he had. You so, know what? Before we even get to that, because I only saw a tweet about it, I didn't get to see too much of anything from that fight. So you're gonna low key be the breakdown. You're gonna give the full breakdown about that fight. We'll do that. We just gotta take this last break. Uh, when we get back, this is ninety five point one, the Rebel HD two KUNV UNLV. I'll just. This is the Rebel HD2. We play whatever the hell we want. Soon this little baby I'm singing to sleep will start to walk. Before I know it, I'll be dropping her off at school. Beaming when she walks up to accept her diploma. Or holding back tears as she takes those big steps down the aisle. But before she takes all those steps, she and thousands like her will need you to take yours. Join March for Babies to help make her steps possible. 
Start your team today at marchforbabies.org. They'll challenge your authority because that's what kids do. But this car is your territory. And in here, your word is law. So when you say you won't move until everyone's buckled up, you won't budge an inch until you hear that click. Never give up until they buckle up. A message from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. For more information, visit safercar.gov slash kidsbuckleup. Welcome back. You're listening to Talk That Talk on 91.5 KUNV, the Rebel HD2. I'm Alex White. We have Chatterbox and we have Medina Rouse. All right, Medina, uh, we were just talking about John Jones. And you guys, I'm sitting over here like pretty clueless. So you guys have to get me into the UFC. But (laughs) I did see some clips and he... Like, he's scary. Jones? Yes. Yeah. So we're going to have to like have scary. you guys turn into our podcast because Alex has never seen John Jones fight. And we're going to get her all caught up and Yeah, they were pretty excitement. mad at me when I said that was the first time I've seen him. I can't. I'm I shocked. have like five fights in mind that I want to show you. Okay. Oh. We're so excited to get you into he's it. He's different. All right. Well, I'll, I'll try. So really quick, John Jones is versus Anthony Smith in a light heavyweight fight. Um. Jones did end up taking the title. He was docked two points for an illegal knee to um, Smith. And at that point, the it's up to the fighter if they want to continue. So, and shout out to Anthony Smith for being such a lion heart because he said yes. And for him to say no, you know, like he was getting, yeah, you could tell it was going in John and Jones's favor of the fight. And for Anthony oh, yeah. Smith was- to continue and decide to continue. And he even said after that was one of the hardest shots that I took the entire fight. Mm. So when you're down in a three-point and your hand's on the mat, you can't do a knee or kick anything. You know, you have to wait for them to stand up. Right. And usually Jones is pretty good at timing that. But then again, here's all the criticism against Jones being a dirty fighter and all these other things. And he expressed how, you know, he really wasn't – didn't just didn't time it right. So yeah, I'm, I'm I, probably I taking this too far, and we I may have to touch on it again. But does he – did he get – to some other trouble because one of my friends said like a if he wasn't times. so dumb and made all those right. dumb mistakes yeah, he'd be he the greatest for drugs and then was also yeah. um some illegal steroids and stuff too which which jones would say if you're if you really read into that that's the same incident just over a period of years and in them investigating oh. this mm-hmm. so that um, keeps reoccurring like it keeps, keeps coming up and they're like what up. is this right do you but think he other could be the greatest john, oh, jones? john jones he, i mean <sighs> Pound for pound, in, 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 <laughs> that, in, in mixed martial arts, I thought I tell people all the time. I thought Anderson Silva was my goat. John Jones yeah. has his surpassed him. his combinations and the way he puts things and his stamina, like he's just phenomenal. He's so hard to hit. Actually, I'm still not gonna. He lost that last fight that he had against Johnny Hendricks, but GSP has GSP never really my... been beaten. Like I don't, but, I don't look at early in his career. He's avenged all of those from Matt Sarah to Matt he, Hughes. And it's weird though because if you look at the way he's defended his the belt and the title, then his fights got more like progressively boring because he just sat there and danced around the ring. And this is not to disrespect him at, right. by any chance and by any means, but he wasn't the GSP when he first had come in. And right. Why? why we all loved him which is what we could say about anderson silva as well which is why right. as of now until we see a decline in john jones he's it right. so i mean every every fighter unless they retire on top is going to and i feel like mixed martial arts you very rarely find that when they retire on top so usually right. Right. A, a fighter 
lets them know this this isn't right. for you anymore. We have more to talk about with the UFC, and we'll get that into that in the podcast because there was Lawler versus Askren, and Askren won that. <sighs> Another um, person who the fans need to by a bulldog choke, and it was um, stopped by the ref, and a lot of people do not agree with that. And Askren did not want to do the fight again. Obviously, because he was getting his butt beat in there. Yeah. And Lawler wants to redo the fight. And Dana, thank God oh. for Dana, said, we want to rerun the fight. So. Askren said he didn't want it still? He said he did not want it. He said there's other people, you know, that wanted to fight. And oh, okay. Like, I thought he flat you out want, came out and said, I don't you. want this fight. Oh, and he said, no, there's someone else. He's like, no, I wouldn't really. I don't see the need for it. And it's like, what? He got out of there with that choke. He's he, like, yep. he got lucky. He'll take it. Wow. So Dana said they are? Dana said he wants to redo the fight. Wow. He, he did not like the stoppage. So that was, oh. I'm excited for that. I was like, yes, hopefully they can do, get that. I know Robbie wants to get do that it on again. the card. Yeah. Okay. So really quick. Um, I don't know if you guys listen to v at all, but Mitch Moss and Polly Howard, they have a show called Follow the Money and they're awesome. Shout out to them. But they've been following this trend in hockey for a while and I just kind of like caught on and I decided this weekend to like test it out, obviously, hypothetically speaking, but like. So two days ago, it's to bet on the over for first period. And mm. they have a graphic. About two-thirds of the teams in the NHL are over 50% that hit the over in the first period. It's crazy. And if you notice, hockey's just become so much more offensive, too. Right. I mean, we have mm -hmm. games that are 6-5 nightly. So two days ago, Saturday, I picked three like of their top ones that they said, and I followed those games boom all three of them hit and then wow. yesterday wow. and yeah me and my best friend and her husband shout out lauren and eric if you're still listening and and then they were in on it too they were like this is so interesting so i'm gonna keep following it i'll update you guys for the podcast it's pretty fun oh yeah that sounds like it's a constant like you said the thing yeah. with sports betting is you want it to be constant and i think that's what they're trying to continue to gravitate towards if you find a trend, like, I mean, for those people that do bet, if you find a trend, I think that's what you're supposed to go for. I think it's important to mention, too. Um, that, okay, so I told Alex that I needed, I thought I needed to stop by the 99 cent store. The reason being <laughs> oh, shoot, is because, yes. yeah, it's, it's going to be a podcast conversation. But one thing that has to stop, and I put it on social media before, too, the reason why I needed to go to the 99 cent store is because it's crazy when you let a situation slide especially when a person was in the wrong like uh, originally it happened like a month ago i walked into the 99 cent store the door was closed like a couple days the door was locked a couple minutes before they officially closed and i was like hey hold on like i just gotta come in here and get something anyway security wanted to i've been listening a lot obviously to the joe button podcast that person wanted to die out on that ledge wanted to die out on that hill whatever you want to say by themselves and didn't want to kind of let me in the customers inside were like he was here before that's kind of crazy just let him in and now that i think about it i went in for chips and juice i went in for two things so i was like you did all of this and turned this into a 20 minute trip for me when it was four so that's why i'm like okay cool so i go back well you know how it is security really take those jobs Serious. They got to be like the I do security and that's not the way you're supposed to act. And right before we get out of here, cause like I said, it's a podcast conversation. But this um, security person, when I walked in, as soon as I walked in, um, didn't say anything. I went ahead and shopped. I'm in the shop store for like 15 minutes shopping. As soon as I get in the line, she says I have to leave. I say, why do I have to leave? Do you know that this woman said because you hit me? What? What? 
We'll wow. get into the conversation on the podcast, but at 24 years old, I had to let my mom know. Yo, so I guess I just had my quote unquote, like, I had a run in with the police, I guess you could say, because I told her, I was like, I'm not trying to be this guy either that makes it sound like I'm more important than what I am, but you're not going to associate my name with hitting a woman. That's what we're not no. going to do. Oh, no. So I went and I sat on the hood of my car and waited till the police got there. I'll let you guys know how to rest one. All right, really quick shout out to uh, Noah and Chris for winning against Utah State on senior night. UNLV running Rebels. Boise State, excuse me, Boise State. Boise State, thank you. I wish it was Utah State. <laughs> the best. Okay, yeah, thanks for listening, everyone. This is Talk That Talk, 91.5 KUNV, the Rebel HD2.